the um, the hero of this next movie is a naive, misguided child who spreads Nazi propaganda and only has imaginary friends. His name is Mark Zuckerberg. So that was <laughs> Sasha Baron Cohen making fun of Mark Zuckerberg? Yeah, he was talking about a movie, Jojo Rabbit, which is about a young boy in a Nazi camp. And he's, you know, a young boy who spreads propaganda with imaginary friends. Of course, that's Mark Zuckerberg. I saw, mm. uh, I mentioned I saw a list of uh, losers of the decade, and I thought it was pretty interesting. One of them being corporate mainstream media. And I thought, wow, that oh, is right. Clearly. My view of reading a story in the New York Times or seeing, a, you know, one of the big news, CBS Evening News or whatever. Way I looked at it in 2010 versus now, completely different world. Yep. And the other, another uh, on that list was Mark Zuckerberg. The way he was looked at in 2010 when he was just he was just trying to make grandmothers see their grandchildren on Facebook. And, right. You know, and you just ah, we just bringing all love friends it. together. Yeah. Look just, how many friends you have. Everybody needs friends. And now he, I think he would be booed if he walked into most restaurants, wouldn't he? <laughs> Probably. Yeah. I don't know. That's quite a change in 10 years. Yeah. Yeah. Winners and losers. I like that. Mm. Yeah, I'd like to hear more of those. Uh, one more loser for Hunter, you. Hunter, you're a loser. There's there's one. One more loser for you over the decade was anybody that cares about the national debt. <laughs> as in two, Us. As we We're en- losers. As we entered the decade, $14 trillion in debt, and one party that at least kind of pretended that they care about it. Mm-hmm. We ended the decade $23 trillion in debt. And neither party ever mentions it ever. Mm. So that's how the, the, the needle moved on that story. Well, and the economy is en fuego right now. The Treasury is taking in mind-boggling amounts of money, and the debt is growing, which really tells you everything you need to know. Sorry, kids. It's funny. We were talking earlier about how uh, college kids, we found out, Uber everywhere. They Uber to class. They don't walk to class. It's three, four blocks. They Uber. Um, when When taxes are just suffocating because if it's something if something cannot go on forever it will end um when this does finally end and the debts get called in and taxes are huge and then and the economy just tanks and the rest of it you're going to be walking everywhere so maybe start by walking to biochem 101 this morning anyway they didn't raise themselves as jack always points out those same kids taking Ubers to classes are also talking about how climate change is a, a real thing. <laughs> yeah, that's, so, true. that's true. Bitter irony. So listen, uh, speaking of kids, I, I made the really inflammatory and unfair statement uh, before the break that um, if you take a certain view of the issue we're going to talk about, you're so stupid as to be subhuman. You're you're a barking dog. There's a lot of Joe attacking the listeners today. I like it. <laughs> I've been thinking about it was while it, we were on vacation. Was it? Was that your? I new, have issues with you people. Was that your New Year's resolution? Attack the listeners. Give the more. listeners their comeuppance. You know who got away with too much in 2019? <laughs> the listeners. You, you people. Now listen, uh, but I'm going to put on my my fair and charitable hat. The truth is, a, a lot of folks, a lot of good folks, have been whipped up ideologically. Um, you know, in school, on the social media, the rest of it, and they get caught up in a false narrative. And it's easy to happen, and, and, and good people get caught up in it. Then, you know, when they realize the way they're acting, often they think, I don't want to be that person. So, again, I don't hate you. You're not worse than a dog. I love dogs. Um, but I want you to think about this. If you have picked a side in the 
girls and boys thing. There's something wrong with you. The idea that we can't address the challenges little girls have and the challenges boys have. We got to pick one or the other. Where the hell did you get that idea? That's a bizarre notion that we would only help one sex. So cut it out. Little boys have challenges. Little girls have challenges. And I would say in the modern economy, with all due respect to the S women take, and I almost dropped an S-bomb, and I wish I had. Maybe that should be my New Year's resolution. You wish that you Drop had. Drop S-bombs. Everybody says it all the time. And I what wish, are we pretending? And I wish I had. That's interesting. Bull, it's bull spit. Anyway, listen to this. For every 100 girls or women who take an AP or honors course in arts and music, for every 100 girls, only 54 boys do. How about associate's degrees? For every 100 girls or females, only 63 boys do. Who take AP or honors courses in foreign and classical languages? For every 100 girls, it's only 64 boys. How about English and language arts? For every 100 girls, only 64 boys. Um, and, you know, there, there are some that are a little less notable. How about enrolled in U.S. grad schools? For every 100 women, 73 men. That's um, incredible. Master's degrees, um, only 73% as many men as women. Um, bachelor's degrees, it's 74 men for every 100 women. Master's degrees, 74 instead of 100. Just enrolled in colleges, it's just 77 instead of 100. And as pointed out in the article talking about that, we still live in a time. Now, what I've been saying for years is you won. Hey, girls, you won. Congratulations, you won. You won. Can, can we ease off the pedal a little bit on trying to, you know, uh, balance the scales since they've become unbalanced the other direction at this point in terms of there are still way more scholarships and that sort of stuff to get girls into college and encourage them to go to grad school because we want girls to feel like that they can be in grad school too. Yeah, they know. They Every know. university has a women's center. Yeah. There are no dude centers. You know who doesn't maybe know that they can go to grad school? The boys. Right. The whole idea of Sesame Street having a female doctor, so girls know they can be doctors, too. The, the, they uh, know. They know. There are more girls in medical school than boys. Right. It's the boys you got to convince at this point. And this has nothing to do with sexism and misogyny and hashtag Me Too and the rest of it, which is perfectly valid. And anybody who discriminates or, or hurts a woman or makes her miserable at work because she's a woman is a piece of crap, and I don't like you. But when we're talking about kids and the way we design classrooms and our expectation of youngsters, how they ought to act in classrooms, there's been this enormous move to make little boys act like little girls and to pathologize acting like God made little boys act. They're energetic. They need to move. They're aggressive. They're competitive. That's not bad. That's good. It's the way God made them. Now, to get back to the stats... There are some things that men are doing way better than women at. Let's talk about some of those. You're classified in uh, through high school as having mental retardation. It's 140 men for every woman who have to repeat kindergarten. 145 boys for every girl, for every 100 girls who are homeless. Half again as many men as women. Diagnosed with communication disorders. It's 168 boys for every 100 girls. Who abuse illicit drugs and alcohol. It's 180 boys for every girl. 
who have problems with alcoholism. It's two to one. You're in K through 12 classified as having a specific learning disability. It's two. Well, it's more than two times as many boys as girls, more than twice as many who die of an opioid overdose. Two hundred and twelve boys for every hundred girls who die in their 20s. Well, that's mostly because we guys act like lunatics in our 20s to 34, but um, <laughs> diagnosed with ADHD, it's it's 2.4 times as many uh, boys as girls, suspended, 240 to 100, who are homeless and unsheltered, 242 to 100, who die in their teens, 280 to 100, expelled from schools, 291 to 100, who commit suicide in their teens, 293 to 100 who receive services in public schools for autism. It's three to one. This is not against helping girls. It's about understanding the challenges of both. There are a few more I want you to hear. Ages 20 to 29 who die a homicide, it's 648 to 100. Boys, those who commit suicide, 450 to 100 in their 20s. Under 18 who are in... A correctional facility. It's 770 boys to 100 girls who die on the job. I'm sorry, in adult prisons. It's 10 to 1 boys to girls who die on the job. 1,294 men to 100 women. And in a federal prison, it's more than 13 to 1. I live near a major university, and you would think it was a girls' school. Yeah. Based on just like driving through town. Yeah. Yep. We are creating a couple of generations of boys who are not only equipped, not only not equipped to be productive leaders, um, you know, shining stars, we're turning them into angry, frustrated, isolated criminals, drug, drug addicts, and suicide victims. And a lot of that is happening in elementary schools. I wonder. And, and, and I think when we fully recognize the terrible thing we have done in the United States to our little boys, we will be racked with terrible guilt for a very long time. How many more girls than boys would you need in, uh, you know, uh, the advanced classes in high school or grad school or law school or medical? At what point would the ratio be so far off that you'd start be, you'd start talking about boy power as opposed to girl power, like it was so popular starting in like the seventies? Well, the ratios are already so high. I mean, um, let's see. Uh, da, 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 da. Where where is the masters who earn a, a doctorate is. Um, it's 10% higher women, um, a little more than 10. Um, so I don't know, 20, 25% bachelor's degrees is 100 women for every 74 men. So that's, that's a huge imbalance. Master's degrees, it's 74 men for every 100 women. So evidently, Jack, it'd have to be more than 26% higher. Yeah. Have to be a third higher, maybe half again higher. You got a hundred women for every fifty guys. Maybe then people would understand and stop making this utterly indefensible, you know, pitch that you have to pick either boys or girls. Stop it! Please do not use gendered language to that's to address not, everyone. That, that really wasn't my point. That's one way to get around it. Dad, no, that would not help. Um, uh, I want to talk New Year's resolutions. Yes, yes, this this will be of benefit. To everyone. <laughs> well, I hope. Every one well, of us. God tuned. bless us, everyone. <laughs> Coming up on the Armstrong and Getty Show.
Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Kill me. We're nearly done. <laughs> Jesus. Free, it's already for me. <laughs> right, um, last one, last one. Come on, guys. Our next presenter starred in Netflix's Bird Box, a movie where people survive by acting like they don't see a thing. Sort of like working for Harvey Weinstein. You did it. You, I didn't. You did it. <laughs> Love Ricky Gervais. Please welcome Sandra Bullock. He drops a couple of f bombs in there, and they uh, the censors bleep that out. Oh, how different than than that is the Billy Crystal approach from the Oscars back in the day. I mean, uh, this is just so fantastic, royalty and everything. Ricky Gervais coming out, looking at him, it's like, oh God, please kill me, please kill me. What time is it? Yes, <laughs> I hilarious. think there's an interesting combination with him of a guy who clearly is not aiming to do this again. And I think a lot of his willingness to say, you guys don't know anything about the real world, don't lecture me, was he achieved his fame late in life. Yeah. He yeah. grew up with real jobs. Yeah. Yeah. I love that blast. If you haven't heard it, we'll play it before uh, the next half hour is through. He absolutely tells him to shut up. <laughs> it was so good. So every year, I like to hear everybody's New Year's resolutions. Joe usually mocks the idea. It's an idiotic notion, oh. the New Year's. No, I don't. Often, I just, no. screams and yells and shouts. But nah, uh, I, I, no, I, I get it. Your I New Year's it. resolution is to be more open to New Year's resolution. Exactly. Oh. Uh, Michael, you got a New Year's resolution? Yeah. Get more sleep. Yeah, I've got to take better care of myself. That's a freaking good one. That is health, a good one. Health-related New Year's resolutions are now by far... Uh, the number one for for years and years and years it was quit smoking but now there aren't enough people to smoke but it's health related whether it's working out eating better get more sleep that's a great one sean i am in a sprint to zero out my credit card debt i want to i want to oh, eliminate that entirely so that's, great that's my goal that's a great one and uh, this factors into what i'm going to talk about this article on uh how to achieve new year's resolutions but uh and yours? You know, I uh, I had one last year that I said was too personal to talk about, and I'm going to continue that, and it's still very personal, but um, I'm fat as a hog um, <laughs> because we just, we've been eating and drinking like lunatics. With the, We had the starting five home for the first time in a couple of years. Our, all three kids were home at the same time, um, and, and it was just a, a, a Roman feast. So I don't, it's not a New Year's resolution, but yeah, I'm, I'm back on the, the, the wagon. Eating and drinking wise and exercising. Yeah. The, the, a lot of New Year's resolutions are a reset of things sliding throughout the year, and particularly the holiday season. You know, if I had one, it might be uh, don't think it, do it. You know, if I have an idea to start a project or write an editorial or whatever, just do it. One of my favorite things I heard about New Year's resolutions over the last couple of weeks, which is different than this article I hold in my hand, was that uh, daily resolutions are much more successful than yearly resolutions. Interesting. What you does that up, mean? You get up in the morning and you resolve to do something. Ah. Like I get up every morning and say I'm not going to drink today. I've been yeah. doing that every day for 14 years. But it's a daily thing. And that, that and that's about the only resolution I've ever kept in my life. So, um, uh, And one of the points of this, which we're going to have to get to later, is look at past times when you've been successful. 
and figure out what you did there. And if that data set does not apply, what do I do then? You have too little data, too few things you've done well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't know what I've been successful at, so I'm not sure what I could go back and reference. I got more on that in a little bit, but uh, the, the, the daily resolution makes sense to me. If it's something that's really important, you got to make it your resolution every single day. It's yeah. like your old thing. It's easy to say you'll love someone forever. Right. How about I'm going to love you today? That's well, the best marital advice I think I ever got. Uh, the it, It's kind of similar of I'm going to exercise more this year as opposed to I'm, I'm going to exercise freaking today. Yes. I'm going to exercise today. Yeah, yeah. And hey, start with a brisk walk. That's fine. Uh, we're, we're close to getting pulled into the, the lie that people tell themselves Uh-oh. that if they get... A certain piece of exercise equipment, then all of a sudden, they'll find a motivation to exercise on a regular basis. You are so right. On the other hand, buying the elliptical used, because I'm cheap, that I did was one of the smartest things I've ever done. Yeah, Because I watched the news while I do that. We used some exercise equipment in a hotel we were staying in and just thought, this this is better. My kids liked it better. I liked it better. And thought, I might actually use this, but I know that's a lie. <laughs> we all tell ourselves it's many times. It's sometimes a lie. <laughs> Get yourself a Bowflex. Get, and a Nordic track. <laughs> and I'm, a Peloton. I'm going to put my Bowflex on top of my Nordic track, and I'm like skiing <laughs> and the, pulling the things. The wife's on the Peloton getting I'm, all thin. I'm pulling Come my out. bands while I'm cross-country skiing. <laughs> yes. Oh, man. The hope is that uh, the president at least has a plan, has a plan that this uh, that he's thought through what the second and third iteration of this are going to be. Well, it's really something to hear the vice president from the previous administration be critical of this administration's policy of Iran. We're having to clean up their mess. So that was obviously Joe Biden, old man Joe Biden, followed by the current Secretary of State, Mike Pompeo, talking about what happened over the last several days of us blowing up that dude, that Iranian dude. Old General Soleimani, formerly integrated. Uh, Yeah, the mainstream media would have you believe it was a rash and lunatic action by our unhinged president that will surely lead to war, and I was surrounded by... Uh, 20 to 26 year olds, I guess, 27 year olds, um, uh, over the last week or so as, as the kids came back to visit and brought along various boyfriends and good friends and roommates and the rest of it. Um, and they were all talking about the draft and the war that's coming oh, and the rest of the it. The draft. Washington Post and New York Times both had stories of will the draft come back? No. <laughs> they, that's, they, that's hilarious. That's, uh, just a, a brief answer. No, it's, listen. Here's what you need to know. And we'll get back to the, the making your New Year's resolutions stick thing, because I think that's important. You can't, in short. Back what? to you, Joe. What? Well, that's awfully they, negative. They almost never do. Well, yeah, but if you get a month of better behavior, it's a start to sure. me. Yeah. You know, I'm, uh, I'm an optimist, which may surprise you, given how, given how bitter I am. But um, uh, where was I? Oh, Solomon. Oh, listen, the escalation had already taken place. Suleimani and, and, and the Quds Force and the Revolutionary Guard and their proxies, all these uh, Shiite militias you hear about, and Hezbollah and the rest of them, have been bombing and shooting and shelling and killing and, and threatening our ships and taking their crews hostage and pushing and pushing and pushing and getting more and more brazen in Iraq. And Trump finally said, that's over. 
And he authorized this hit on Soleimani based on what's being described as an imminent threat to our people and facilities and the rest of it. It's pretty classified right now. Well, it's very classified right now. So the exact specifics of it, you're not going to hear about. Now, there are those who will tell you that's proof that it's a lie, but those are just lying Congress people. I don't know what it is, but I will tell you this. Soleimani had to go. Time will tell, you know, a lot of a lot of things that seem like a good idea in the short term become bad ideas down the road. You know, and that may be the case here, but I don't think so. So I have no problem with Trump taking that guy out. That part doesn't bother me. I'm not sure his tweet about um, uh, how will we react at this point. He set himself a heck of a red line with this tweet. I don't know if you read it. It was like spread out over three long tweets uh, saying there are 52 Iranian sites representing the 52 American hostages taken by Iran many years ago. I think that's a little Middle Eastern weird to me, that the number of sites is not just what strategically would be best, but a symbolic matches the number of hostages. It just seems weird to me. I don't know. Maybe he's trying to speak their language. I don't know. I, it, yeah, it seems a little silly to me, too. But, but more importantly than that, um, he basically said, if Iran strikes any American asset, then we will hit these these targets. Well, really? So they they threw some shells over the weekend our way, kind of toward the embassy. What if they'd hit an American contractor in a car again and killed him? Are we going to go, you know, ape ass over that, like the president said? Are you going to back down from a red line? I I wish he wouldn't have made it quite so broad. Well, what he said was we've targeted 52 sites. Some at a very high level and important to Iran and the Iranian culture and those targets in Iran itself will be hit very fast and very hard. Yeah, I guess he does kind of imply that he's going to hit all 52. We're going to hit all 52. I don't think that will happen. Uh, I actually don't think that Iran and their proxies are going to do anything more than lob missiles in the direction of something. I think they don't want to hit anything because now it's clear to them that the U.S. will take strong action, a decapitation action. There's going to be no land war. We talked to Mike Lyons earlier, our military analyst, and and um, I was intrigued to hear what he had to think because he's a had to say because he's a really independent thinker. He said, "Listen, we've made it clear it'll be decapitation. We're not going to send ten thousand Marines into Tehran. We're going to take out their defense ministry, and then their transportation ministry, then their ministry of science, then whatever." Um, until they settle down and stop pushing. So his his most recent tweets from yesterday, they attacked us and we hit back. If they attack again, which I would strongly advise them not to do, we will hit them harder than they have ever been hit before. Hit us at all? Um, As Jonathan Swan pointed out, and I'm a fan of his, Iran has a long history of killing Americans and, uh, and all kinds of American assets. They've been doing that for a long time. Now, the next time they do it, we're going to go blasting the heck out of them? Or do we back down from a red line, which never looks good? Right. Well, you know, I hate the phrase proportional response. If Iran attacks an American base or any American, we will be sending some of that brand new, beautiful equipment their way without hesitation. We've spent $2 trillion on military equipment. Right, right. Well, I'm sure I do not think any action that can be traced back to Iran's leadership will go unpunished at this point. He's he's got to and he will. I mean, he took out the freaking head of the Quds force, the former head of the whole uh, revolutionary guard. Uh, yeah, I I I would strongly suggest that Iran and their proxies not do anything stupid. 
And they have been pushing and pushing and pushing, and they are an evil regime. So quit with your, he was really a nice fella and respected, and, oh. and we shouldn't have killed him. And all. Yeah, he was respected by by the people who torture gays, who, who torture women for showing their hair, who do subjugated people and oppress them. And, and they mowed down hundreds of protesters in the street. The Revolutionary Guard did. Soleimani's thing. The other day, these poor people were saying, can, can we please have some rights? And they mowed him down in the streets. And that's the guy you're sympathetic about. Now, listen, okay, maybe you're willing to concede he was a terrible guy, but this was too much and a bad move. L- let's see. That's fine. Uh, the one thing that makes me crazy about Twitter is everybody's 100% certain about everything. It's just not the way the world is. So, um, I wanted, I was considering we should make the red flag of vengeance our general manager this morning when we started the show. <whistles> Uh, the red flag of vengeance. I like that term. They're flying the red flag of vengeance over some building that they've never flown it over before in Iran to show how serious. So they, they are. actually have a red flag yes, of vengeance. I did a, not know they that. have a red flag of vengeance. I have a red flag of email stuff. I gotta remember to do. Red flag of vengeance. Yeah. So uh, some building. I gotta get some important symbolic building. They're flying the red flag of vengeance for the first time ever. I guess Whatever. A, a Whatever. Big idea. I don't think my HOA will allow me to fly a red flag of vengeance. <laughs> Maybe I'll have Judy make like a red quilt of vengeance and put it in my back. I don't know. I was trying to find um, Ian Bremmer pointed out Washington Post did one of those things again where they have a ridiculous headline. Remember the headline they had after Baghdadi got killed? Oh, the description that he was an austere scholar. Yeah, that one. And a religious authority. And then they they took it down and changed it. They did a similar sort of thing uh, with this guy dying. Um, Ian Bremmer pointed it out. So the first Washington Post headline was, Airstrike at Baghdad Airport kills Iran's most revered military leader. Wow. And Bremmer said... Considered a terrorist by U.S., probably worth mentioning in the header. <laughs> um, but by the time I checked it, it was already gone, and they had reworded it. That's something, though. The downplaying of how bad these people are after we kill them. Yeah, I know. It's just, well, it is a pure manifestation of Trump derangement syndrome, that everything the administration does must be portrayed in a negative light. And it, what's... It, well, it's catering to dumb people, I think, which is something we don't do around here. They're just, well, we don't. Um, we would rather give you the straight scoop. This guy was a monster, promoted monstrous people and organizations and acts. He, he really helped popularize suicide bombing and the use of religious fervor to fuel political action. He realized he could get young people fired up like that and sent thousands to their deaths, killed hundreds of our troops, the rest of it, and was, as I said before, um, attempting to grow that sort of thing as fast as he could in Iraq and, and Afghanistan and all over the Middle East, the so-called Shia Crescent. So, got a couple of sent texts. a message. Got a couple of texts here. I'm flying the salmon-colored flag of irritation. <laughs> you fly the red flag of vengeance to be met by the fickle finger of fate. <laughs> All oh, right. That's kind of funny. Well, and it's uh, true. I think I had one more. I don't know. I have a red flag of vengeance, and sometimes I eat too much spicy food. Okay, I didn't need to hear that. Oh, I boy. should have pre-read that. Yeah, that's please <laughs> going forward. New Year's resolution, perhaps. Yes, my New Year's <laughs> resolution to pre-read the texts. <laughs> <laughs>
Great googly moogly. I wonder what our uh, computer guys, our, our tech guys uh, are unleashing right now or ready to unleash on Iran. Because yeah. that Stuxnet thing was about the coolest deal ever where we made their nuclear centrifuges run too fast and overheat while the sensors said they were doing fine. All with uh, zeros and ones. That what was if, a good one. What if Trump blows up the red flag of vengeance? That'd be some move. Right. Well, that'd be provocative. Right. Um, uh, so back to New Year's resolutions when we come back. There's some, some, th- th- this is a study that claims this is the best thing. I- I've been studying this for years, New Year's resolutions, because I usually make them and mm. fail at them like everybody else. So I know the nuggets that I've taken over the years from various experts are, are worth reminding myself of. All that on the way. What's your New Year's resolution? 415-295-KFTC. The Armstrong and Getty Show. I don't know how to work out. For me, a good workout would be walking to McDonald's would be a great start. You know, maybe stand up and eat it. See if that does something. (laughs) I ordered the P90X videos. I thought I could do that. Never worked out a day in my life, so let's do what the Navy SEALs do. You know why I ordered it? Because in the commercial, you know they have like a before body and after body? And I was blown away by the before body. (laughs) I thought that's what you get to look like. I was like, that guy looks great, you know? I would love to look like him. Then I saw the after body. I was like, does the before body guy have a DVD? Because that guy seems more my speed, you know? I like, who has that, Sean? That's Nate Bergazzi. I like his delivery. It, it is very regular guy. Yeah, it's wonderful, and I've gone in numerous YouTube deep dives on his material, and I find him hilarious. On the other hand, I also love John Mulaney. <laughs> I took on a lot of stand-up over the last two weeks. There's so much good stuff out there on uh, Netflix and YouTube and everything like that. Um, But that guy talking particularly about working out, which is one of your top New Year's resolutions... I go back and forth on whether or not resolutions are a good idea or just for stupid people. <laughs> um, g- no g- offense. <laughs> well, I've been doing them every year, so who am I calling stupid? But uh, they almost always fail. I mean, so close to always, you could really say always. They always fail. I mean, just almost nobody sticks with their New Year's resolution. Mm-hmm. On the other hand, as you were talking about earlier, if you if you if you bump it back a little bit, you know. If I work out for 40 days, isn't that better than zero days? Yes, absolutely. Obviously it is. Yeah, in every way. Or I eat better for a little while. Or I just remind myself, even if I, even if this is all I do, I remind myself that eating better is a good idea. Yeah. It's kind of like the national debt discussion. We used to do the New Year's resolution thing with the national debt. Mm. We would talk about how we're going to get this under control. That's who we are. Next election, we're going to do that. Right. And at least we would talk about it, and we would fail, mm-hmm. like all New Year's resolutions. Now we don't even try. So do you want to be a person that you don't even talk about it? I'm fat. I'm not even going to pretend that I'm going to eat better. I'm going to eat as bad today as I did last week, and I plan Woo-hoo! to continue. I'm not even going to think about it. Yeah. You don't want to be that, mm. or working out, or whatever, I suppose. But yeah. anyway. I'm thinking of not drinking in January, the dry January thing that people do. I didn't know that was a thing. Yeah, it, dry it is kind of. Yeah, generally after you party like it's 1999, all holidays on. Mm-hmm. But I, I heard something persuasive this morning, and that's that it seems to help the liver 
Just gives it a little time off, and, and it, it does what it does better oh, going use forward. A break. So I'm thinking of not drinking this month so I can drink longer, big picture. Because <laughs> I don't want some That's doctor, I, you know, if, if God willing I make it to it, you know, I'm 68 years old, the doctor says you drink any more wine, it'd kill you. That would really annoy me. I mean, that would really disappoint me. So I'm just, I'm thinking long term. <laughs> um Here's the things that have stuck in my mind as I've read about New Year's resolutions over the years. The most important one that I ever learned, and I think about this all the time, is that good habits are as hard to break as bad habits. So making a habit is really a key. That's so so wise. For whatever reason, it's just the way we're built. And if you've ever had a good habit... Um, and I've had a few good habits. Some of them I've kept and some of them I've let go and I wish I could get them back. I had the habit of running daily two miles. I did that for years and years and years. It was almost impossible for me to not run two miles. Mm. I just couldn't make it through the day. It felt like something was wrong. It's amazing to think that now. (laughs) I I know. I know. Having not run a step in I don't know how many years. Um, unless it's with a a bet with your eight year old. (laughs) All right. Uh, or playing Nerf uh, gun fights like we were yesterday with right. their, their new Nerf guns they got for Christmas. Nerf or be nerfed. But it was a good, I had a habit. So it was like chewing your nails or any bad habit. I, I, I It's almost like I couldn't stop it. I didn't feel like running. The weather is bad. I got to run. I just got to. Yeah. It would make me go out there. And so starting a habit seems important to me. Mm. Um, and then the idea that uh, I read uh, last week about Try to make it a daily resolution as opposed to focusing on the year. Just every day, get up and my resolution for day is to not eat this or to work out or right. whatever it is. You're I'm going to do a version of that where every morning I wake up and say, I'm going to do this tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. I've, I've been doing that my whole life with a number of things. <laughs> You'd think that would work, Sean, because it's only one day off, but it really doesn't. <laughs> Still working on that novel, am I? <laughs> um, but here's what this person claims. They did a bunch of tests and says is the most effective thing. Keeping in mind that almost everything else is 100% failure. Okay. So you don't have to be that good to be substantially better. There you go. Because people don't keep their New Year's resolutions. The the smartest horse. (laughs) Yeah. As we all know, gyms stay open because of people who buy memberships in January and never get around to canceling them. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, this is what you do. If everybody who had a gym membership showed up to that gym, they would have to be shut down for a fire hazard. Oh, I remember when I actually used to work out back when I ran and everything like that. This is such a sucky time of the year to try to go to your gym. Oh, yeah. It's <laughs> packed full of people that won't be there in three weeks, but you right. can't even, you can't do anything. Uh, here's what you do. You pick a past situation where you're able to successfully change your long-term behavior or create a new habit. You look at a time, not New Year's resolution necessarily, but any time that you... Did it correctly. Okay. I'm going to start getting my quarterly report done a month early or whatever it is. Okay. You think of that time. You write down anything you learned from this past situation about how to successfully form new habits or get it done. Anything that you learned from that situation. Then you create a brief written plan for applying those lessons to your new habit. People who did this. Had a uh, were point seven more time were point seven more times per week on average likely to continue their habit, a hundred and forty percent improvement over the second most effective technique. Okay, a hundred and forty percent more effective than the second most effective technique of all these different things, and almost all of the rest, and partially is because none of the rest of them work at all. Okay, here's the things that they know don't work: rewarding yourself for practicing the habit. That doesn't work. The idea of 
uh, I've eaten good all week long. Now I'm going to have a piece of chocolate cake. Mm. They say is not a good idea. Okay. Makes they can shut up. <laughs> uh, I worked out all week long. I'm going to take this next week off or whatever. It's not a good idea. Coming up with a strategy for restarting the habit if you lapse, they say, doesn't work. Hmm. I'll bet it because it just putting in your mind the idea that I can f- flame out on this. It's no big deal if I flame out because I'll just start again. Look exactly. at this great plan that I have to restart. Yeah. Uh, visualizing yourself performing the habit doesn't work according to them. Using a motivational phrase does not work according to them. Huh. Almost nothing works, keeping that in mind. Um, I had one more that I wanted to point out. It slipped out of my head. Get a better memory. That's my New Year's resolution. <laughs> Get a better memory. Sleep would help with that, huh? Yeah, sleep. Getting sleep back is, to Michael's resolution. Sleep is a good one. Yeah. Uh, well, good, good luck to everybody on that. You're going to fail, but... Uh, well, yeah, but what does fail mean? What's your standard? Continuing it for the rest of your life without uh, error? No, like you said, work out for 40 days. Oh, I, I thought 40 of, days better off. I thought of the other really important thing, but we don't have time. What? So if you get next hour. Give us the short version. A devastating tease. <laughs> if you don't, you got to get the podcast. That you was not intentional. Fail. It was incompetence. If you don't do this. That was not intentional. <laughs> Armstrong and Getty.